Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Let's him host. How you doing, Bless? Tim, I'm doing really good. I don't know if you've seen the news stories today, but this is a very me and you day of news. I'm, I'm very, very excited, excited about for it. it. Let's go. Let's go. Without time or without further ado, I don't know what I'm trying to transition to. Well, with no time to waste, today's stories include Pokemon getting a release date, Unreal Engine 5 getting an early access release, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us where we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, we got a new episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast that's up right now, and it's our reviews of both Biomutant and Knockout City. Uh, you can check that out over on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. And we got a stack cast for that one, too. It's me, it's Tim, it's Greg, it's Andy, and it's Snow Michael Michael, who has played Biomutant, I think, like one and a half times. He is very into Biomutant. Go there if you want the full review. It's a very, very good episode of Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have seven stories today. Baker's uh, Dozen. We have eight stories today, Bless. What's eight that stories. eight story? Story number one. It's Kevin Coelho's birthday, everybody. Whoa. Everyone send him some sweet, nasty love. That kind of funny, Kevin. How you feeling, Kevin? Big 30, 31? 31. 31. Wow. Wow. Are you doing anything special? Young and spry. No, I'm not doing shit. Staying home. Paul made me some ice cream birthday cakes. Meet that shit. It's going to be good stuff. That's the best kind. That's the best kind of birthday cake, the ice cream birthday cake. That's yes, how you know it it's about to be a banging yes, party. Somebody put some thought into this. And Paula, Paula <laughs> makes some damn good sweets. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, what, what, what did she make a pumpkin couple months cheesecake. ago? Kev? Pumpkin, the pumpkin cheesecake. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. Your socks off. Mm-hmm. I'm cheesecake, still not wearing them. Cheesecake doesn't get enough love as a dessert. That is maybe top one dessert for me, cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And we don't appreciate it that. Like, I mean, people appreciate cheesecake, but we don't like put it on the pedestal. Enough. I'm with yeah. you. It should be on a pedestal more. Like, the, we go to ice cream, we go to cake. The blueberry cheesecake, cheesecake is, is one of the greatest experiences I think you can have in your life. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Russ. Like, there's a lot. Oftentimes, I say things are underrated, even though they're highly rated, because they're still yes. just not rated highly enough. And yeah, yep. you're right. Cheesecake, one of them. Yeah. For sure. Now, Kevin, I need you to plug your ears for a second. Tim, if we were to plan a surprise birthday party for Kevin, because he do, apparently he doesn't like parties, like how would we go about this? I don't know. What <laughs> would we? What would, a, what, a, what would a Kevin surprise party look like? Would we just build things. Like, well, what, what does it's he probably enjoy? involve you guys playing Fortnite with him? Back on. Okay. 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 You know, just play. Kevin, Fortnite you're not listening, with Kev right? Dog. No, he's okay, not good. listening. Good. 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 All right, I want you to I want you to, th- to think about let's this. Let's do on it. To, let's figure this yeah, let's out. Yeah, let's do on it. Let's figure this out. Story number one: We've got a release date God for the it. new Pokemon games. This is from Andrew Webster at The Verge. Possibly the most ambitious Pokemon game to date will be available early next year. Uh, today, Nintendo announced that Pokemon Legends Arceus will be launching on the Nintendo Switch on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. 
The game was first announced in February. Legends looks to be the, a big change for Pokemon, a franchise that's become known for its slowly evolving role-playing games. It's an open-world RPG that takes place in a much older version of the Sinnoh region before the, time, before the time of Pokemon trainers and organized competitions. In addition to the new setting, the experience also looks to be more seamless compared to the main, uh, main games. As, as Nintendo says, players will be able to go out in the wild to study Pokemon's behaviors, sneak up to them, and throw out Pokeballs. Legends isn't the only major Pokemon title in the works. Nintendo recently released a modern version of Pokemon Snap, and remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl are coming to the Switch on November 11th, which the company also announced today. Tim, we woke up to this news, came out of nowhere. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited, but it's definitely one of those things that I have a lot of questions, and I, I'm shocked. I guess let me start there. I, this is way, way way earlier than i expected uh this game to come out uh yep. brilliant diamond and shining pearl coming out uh, in november absolutely tracks absolutely makes sense pokemon company really likes to put out their their games every year around that holiday schedule we're looking at late october november right before black friday all of that makes a lot of sense that's just what they like to do they've always done that it's always proved successful uh the pokemon legends though months after that that's an interesting thing part one but also mm -hmm. it is just so much sooner uh and the fact that they're actually giving a date uh in in this world in this day and age kind of a, a shocking move as far as i'm concerned and on top of that i i'm kind of filled with skepticism of the whole thing because when we first saw this game very exciting love the idea that they are going out of their comfort zone love that they're finally giving us more of what we've been asking for for so long but it looked very empty it looked very unfinished and i was like okay i imagine this game is a couple years out because they're gonna keep adding to it and this was just kind of them being like hey we are working on that thing that you all want i don't know if this is gonna be enough time for the game to look drastically fuller than mm -hmm. when we last saw it right and uh, mm -hmm. so that, that to me is really interesting. The last thing I want to say, though, is I do really like this timing, even if this isn't going to be the giant, crazy game we all hope and wish it will be. I like that they're both set in the same region. The game's coming out this year and the game's coming out early next year, where I love that they're they're refamiliarizing people with the Sinnoh region. And then it's going to take us back to the beginning in uh, Legends, where we're there. We'll be able to see similar locations and see how they've changed and grown. That's one of my favorite things about Pokemon and why I especially loved the early gen so much. I loved how Gen 1 and 2 really felt like they were connected sequels where the world had grown and, and evolved uh, with the players. And they kind of have gotten lost track of that as time went on and every kind of region really does feel like its own thing maybe they'll make kanto references here and there because you know pokemon company loves nostalgia as we all do uh in some shape or form but i am excited that they are doubling down on building a world and adding to it within one specific region uh especially exciting that it's not kanto that it is uh a region that is a lot less traveled yeah I think that's the that's one of the dopest things about Pokemon nowadays is that they built out the franchise so much that now, yeah, we can go back and look at Pokemon as these different eras and these different regions. And so for the fact that 
this fall going into next year is going to be all right pokemon is all about Sinnoh now right like sin is the Sinnoh takeover we're going it we're, we're starting off with the remake with brilliant diamond and excellent pearl or whatever it's called and then we're going into pokemon legends arceus right that feels like such a cool thing to do because like you said right like we all we, all, we usually go back to kanto that is usually the go-to because that's the place that's the the region that people have the most nostalgia for the fact that they can explore the regions explore uh different even the different kinds of nostalgia that people have for Pokemon. Like I growing up, I didn't have a DS. And so I never really got into the Sinnoh games, but I'm looking forward to it now that uh, they're being presented in remake form. I'm super, I'm super looking forward to that. The fact that if you were a kid or if you're a person that had a DS that fell in love with Pokemon diamond and Pearl, and you, you played the mess out of those games and you're looking and, you, and you're wanting more out of it, you're going to get a slate of games that is speaking to you. I think that's a very powerful thing to what you mentioned before though, uh, in terms of like, the size of this game and the scope of this game and you know can this game deliver it that's where i was going to start because in in this article from the verge right the very first sentence uh talks about how this is possibly the most ambitious pokemon game to date is there any way in this universe that this game lives up to the hype because i don't know yeah. that it can yeah I, I i definitely think that there's there's many ways it can go where it lives up to the hype i just think mm -hmm. that uh there's a lot of different hypes going into this, right? Like if people are expecting this to be the Pokemon MMO that that so many people have dreamed of, it's not going to be that. And no, it won't live up to that hype. Uh, but if you're kind of looking for something that is a bit more, you know, real time uh, when you're you're playing a Pokemon game, I think that that it definitely is a step in the right direction. Is it going to be the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon? I don't know. They're definitely like uh, trying to make us think it's going to be. And in that way, maybe it won't live up to the hype. But I mm. think that it there's a big chance that this is pokemon company trying to turn this into the mainline pokemon games and at the very least i'm excited that we're going to get something different from them because we've gotten variations of the same thing over and over and over and over and you know at the end of the day they consistently have put out quality products like i've enjoyed all the pokemon games that have come out like even even the ones that are a little like in my opinion, more forgettable, like Sun and Moon, it's like there were still quality games that had things about them that were really cool. I liked that that game broke from the traditional gym leader, the eight gym leaders and all that stuff. And it was a bit more, there's the trials on the islands and little slight variations go a long way to switch things up. But my biggest problem with Pokemon is it's always two steps forward, one step back. They'll add a cool mechanic and then take it away for the next game. And it's it's weird. It, it, it's very bizarre that they've done that for so long. And on top of that, it really kind of feels like they're not building on every game improving. It's kind of just like, oh, here's another Pokemon. It feels annualized in in the the bad sense of the word, not in mm. the sense that we're excited to be playing this every year. Um, but this is different. This is new. This is fresh. And like I said, I'm excited that it's so close to the other one in terms of what that means for our creating a new nostalgia for people that might not have it for Sido or a reverence, not nostalgia, but reverence for this region. But for the people that did grow up of which there are millions of people uh, mm -hmm. that grew up playing diamond and pearl, it'll be like, Oh, Hey, here's, here's more building on that. And I think that they can really, there could be something there that's very special for them. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot to go into it. Like, do I expect this to be a, a banger? Not necessarily, but I am more excited than, than not yeah yeah and that's my thing is when they first announced this game 
the amount of hype in our reaction was astronomical. This mm -hmm. was the biggest announcement that they could have announced, right? Pokemon totally. Legends Arceus, it being this game that looked like a, a, a uh, almost not a, like, almost like a 3D action RPG, right? Like it having that sort of setting, it looking like it was a Breath of the Wild inspired open world game, right? Like that's the thing that I think so many people have asked for out of Pokemon for the longest time right i've been wanting a console pokemon for the longest time and when this game was revealed it looked to present that but i think that comes with a lot of questions in terms of okay cool looking at this gameplay trailer yeah it looks empty it looks kind of barren graphically it's not really doing much and how much of that do we chalk up to the switch you know like it, there's a lot of questions in that itself but yeah with it coming out two months after pokemon uh diamond and pearl the remix that brings up another question of like all right how mainline is this like is this going to be a actually no like it is an open world thing but it's not as as uh substantial as you might think in terms of content it's going to be way shorter or it's just going, going to be way uh pared back compared to what you think it's going to be i got a lot of questions and i hope like my my hope is that we'll, we'll get those answers sooner than later because i think the, the sooner they answer it the, the more they can temper those if it is like a lot of uh uh not bad news per se but it is a lot of hey don't think that this is going to be breath of the wild pokemon because it's way less than that Look, man, I mean, this is complicated. On on one hand, they don't have much time to talk to us because we are seven months out from this game releasing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, things can get delayed. And of course, things probably will get delayed with where we're at right now. But just going off the facts they're giving us here. And speaking about the facts of the, of the history of Pokemon, like it's funny that we always talk about wanting a console Pokemon. We've gotten multiple console Pokemons. Like people like, don't want to treat them like they're mainline games, but we got Pokemon uh, XD. We got Pokemon... The, the Gale of Darkness was a full-on mm. RPG on GameCube. And before that was Pokemon Coliseum, which was a semi-stadium sequel. But it had a full-on RPG single-player mode with a story. It just wasn't the traditional go-to-the-gym leaders, go-to-the-elite four, capture Pokemon, all of that. Now, what's funny is this isn't going to be that either. You know, this is... Mm -hmm from everything we've seen more similar to the gamecube pokemon rpgs than to the the handheld uh pokemon adventures and especially now that we got pokemon sword and shield a couple years back on the the switch as a it's a console game right like that is what a console pokemon game is going to look like they presented this like it's breath of the wild and it's not just us uh, being like, oh, it kind of looks like it. The trailer like legitimately had the same type of piano cues, the same type of camera movements. They were purposely evoking those those feelings. That's setting a very high standard for themselves. So it's I think that there's a confidence from them. I I, I feel like the Pokemon company have been uh, a little bit incorrect about their confidence in in the past, but mm -hmm. they commit to it and they do what they do. And I am very, very stoked that we're getting this game uh, this early potentially um but i'm also more interested in just the release dates as a whole what does this mean for nintendo's library pokemon company aren't nintendo but they are nintendo in certain ways for but sure at the end of the day they do nintendo looks at these knows these release dates and is planning their release schedule around it to some extent in the past nintendo has released high uh like tentpole games on the same date i think it was like a pokemon game and Super Mario 3D World came out, I think it was Pokemon X and Y, actually, uh, at the exact same day. But the thing there, though, was one was Wii U and one was 3DS. Like, they always had that separation of handheld market versus console market, and they can, you know, market appropriately to those. Now the Switch is just one platform. What does that mean? I don't think Nintendo's going to want to 
put multiple of their heaviest hitting games in one single month. What does this mean for the rest of the Nintendo catalog that's not Pokemon? My, I mean, my question is, what does this mean for for the Switch Pro? You know, like, do, is Pokemon Legends the Pokemon Legends Arceus strikes me as the type of game that if Nintendo had full control, if Nintendo um, um, was uh, like, if, if Nintendo had the choice, they would put they would make that a part of the Switch Pro library because that is such a big release. It's a Pokemon release, and it's one that will probably benefit from the Switch Pro in some way. Um, and so I wonder, like, does could this mean that we get the Switch Pro? this fall or maybe it is early early next year maybe like leading it right after pokemon legends arcades it's hard for me to even think of because the, the date for this is it's january um uh, january 28th i can't imagine a switch pro releasing january 28th yeah. right like that's a weird D- date to release think, a piece of hardware don't you think that they like i think realistically they're not going to be able to manufacture enough switch pros like i don't I, because of the the uh, shortage um, yeah, the chip I, I think I think that's this is a, more a sign of like the Switch Pro is going to come later rather than anytime sooner, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like no way they put out a giant game like that. And um, they're, they're just not going to have enough copies to sell. Like, I, and I can see that. Be, I can, I can see, Pros. But it won't be exclusive, though, Kev. That's the mm. thing. It'll also work on Switch. Yeah, but the, the, the magic of Nintendo is they can just release it afterwards. Like two years from now, they can make the Switch Pro and release this Pokemon Legends Pro, and people will mm-hmm. buy it. We're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I I think that the 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 Switch Pro release doesn't have anything to do with with the Pokemon Company and their releases. They're going to keep doing their thing on their line, and like if it lines mm-hmm. up, it lines up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like Nintendo would want full absolute control over that, and I think that clearly it's Breath of the Wild too. So that's that's the bigger question is like where does that fall now because they're not going to put Breath of the Wild 2 and Pokemon Legends out in the same month. They're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So that means is Pokemon Legends coming out or sorry is uh, Breath of the Wild coming Breath out this Wild. year or is it going to be a March release which wouldn't be a surprise like that's interesting but uh, something I want to bring up here is uh, a tweet from Emily Rogers who I trust implicitly when it comes to Nintendo stuff like her insiders have always proven to uh, be valid. Uh, she says, with Pokemon being a November release, I'm curious to see where Metroid fits into the schedule. Speculation, September, October might be a reasonable release window for Metroid. Samus Returns was a September title. Other M and Federation Force were August titles. You know, this kind of is jumping off of the, the rumors we saw a couple weeks ago about uh, potential Nintendo games can be announced at E3, and that involved a 2D Metroid game that it seems like Emily's referring to here. Maybe mm. some uh, a 2D Donkey Kong game as well that different from the country series um and some other stuff we won't have to wait too long to to find out with nintendo's e3 very very soon um but that's interesting right looking at what nintendo's lineup might be and i'm all of a sudden starting to get really excited like and uh, imagining like what this lineup could be from let's say september to next march for nintendo it could be more reminiscent of the early days of the switch I hope so, man, because right now we are looking at a lot of question marks for what the rest of the year looks like for Nintendo. We're getting uh, Mario Tennis soon in June, right? And the Pokemon games are announced. But aside from those, it is like, OK, cool. What is your your, your false slate? We know we're going to have we, we know you're going to have something. You know, we know you're going to have hopefully a big game. You know, if you're judging off of last year, the the, the games that came in the fall were Hyrule Warriors and we got pa- Paper Mario in the summer. And so those weren't like the biggest of the biggest titles. But I imagine for this year. 
they might be more prepared they might be more ready uh uh to have something and yeah maybe that could look like the the metroid game maybe that could look like a new donkey kong game i would hope so i would hope that they have something that is top shelf nintendo right mm-hmm. and i and when i say top shelf nintendo i think that does ev- ev- evoke mario zelda you know those games but if it is like a hey here's a brand new like I, well, the rumor of the rumor for the donkey kong game was that it was it's being developed by the mario odyssey team right like it's not being done by uh retro studios like here's a br- brand new uh mainline donkey kong franchise that isn't that isn't tropical freeze or donkey kong country returns it is a new type of donkey kong it, it can still be 2d but it's a new style for it it's a new thing for you to look forward to i i hope they i hope they got something along those lines or even something uh above and beyond that because i yeah, like it's it, it, there's been kind of a a um, a drought when it comes to Nintendo in terms of like the big game releases, right? Like the biggest one we got, uh, the biggest one we've gotten in the last year was Animal Crossing, uh, a little bit over a year ago, and I think right now we're kind of in that waiting period of okay, cool, what's the next one? Uh, and I'm 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 hoping we see that sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, let's talk about story number two. Unreal Engine 5 is available now in early access, and there's a gorgeous new demo, uh, tech demo. This is from Matt Kim at IGN. And, and Kevin, I got two videos here, if you can pull up. One of them is Jeff Keighley uh, interviewing the team, I believe, and then the other one is just a straight-up two-minute uh, gameplay trailer for the new demo. The story goes like this. Unreal Engine 5 is available today in early access, giving game developers a chance to test out and explore some of Epic's robust game development tools and features for its next-gen engine. To showcase some new advancements, Epic revealed a new tech demo called Valley of the Ancient. Developers and anyone else with a free Unreal Engine account will be able to modify and test it as part of Unreal Engine 5 early access. IGN saw an early version of the Valley of the Ancient Valley of the Ancient, which is running on both PS5 and Xbox Series X. As with last year's demo, both Lumen and the, uh, the, the Dynamic Illumination tool and Nanite, the Advanced Graphics tool, were on display in Valley of the Ancient. The demo map was illuminated by the bright sun overhead, uh, while the highly detailed rocky caverns comprising millions of polygons set the stage. The map was designed using Unreal Engine's new world partition system that automatically divides virtual worlds into cells uh, so different developers can work on the same region simultaneously without tripping over one another. A key focus of today's presentation was animation. All the animation work seen in Valley of the Ancient was designed in-engine and in real time. Smart tools like motion warping uh, can make it so characters organically move and respond to their environment. As Epic says in its presentation, the project source code for Valley of, of the Ancient will be released to the developer to developers and newcomers alike. Tim, last year we got the Unreal Engine 5 reveal. Today we're getting the uh, another look at it with this demo. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, and where are you at with Unreal Engine 5? Dude, uh, honestly, man, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently just as I've been playing games on the Series X and the PS5 and PC and all this stuff. I just can't believe how good video games look. Like... We just, I don't even want to say we take it for granted because I do think that we appreciate it. But like throughout my entire life, I've been playing video games and having moments where I stop playing the game and just play with the camera or before cameras even existed in some of these games, just moved around to like look at the vistas and look at what was going on. And, you know, we can go all the way back to Mario 64 and we all had the story of the kiosk at Toys R Us and blah, 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 all that stuff. But it's like there was this moment of wow. You know, where all of a sudden it wasn't just a video game, it was a world that we're in. And as that went on, playing Uncharted for the first time and seeing Nathan Drake's uh, get in the water and come out and his jeans be wet and him kind of like shake off the water and it changed the way the character looked. That was 
ridiculous. That was a game-changing moment where all of a sudden the world felt so much real, more real. Before that even, playing Halo 2, I'll, I'll never forget uh, walking to, when you're on one of the Halos, like on a cliff and just looking out at the vistas of the rings in the background and just how crazy it was with that Jack and Daxter style. You see that mountain over there? You can go there with no load times, all that stuff. Playing Modern Warfare on Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, the, the original one, was such a amazing moment for like scripted events in in video games right mm -hmm. we're now at a point that these scripted events are are real time almost the seamless transition between cutscene and gameplay that we see in something like last of us 2 all that stuff we're just so spoiled with these amazing experiences that we're controlling and you know to to to, to end this long rant here it's like we've always talked about oh my god this looks like a pixar movie and it's like i remember playing ratchet and clank on ps2 thinking like, oh man, this is almost like a Pixar movie. And it's like looking at what we're looking at right here. Wow. Yeah. This is insanely impressive. And Unreal Engine has proven to be an in insanely valuable asset to, to game developers worldwide. And for it to, to take this much of a, a step forward, I just hope that we start seeing this um, on the sooner side. And it, it's very exciting. This is coming at a time that we are in a new generation in the beginning of a new generation that i imagine is going to last a, a fairly long time uh it's it's just exciting stuff man kudos to them for really really pushing the limits yeah i'm super excited to see what what comes out of unreal engine 5 like i, I think games three to four years from now are going to just look fantastic right based on this and based on uh the transition into current gen like the more and more we get games that uh are displaying the power of the current hardware we have the more i'm like oh god by, by the time we by the time we get the last part two of the ps5 right like the games that come out later on that are really pushing the hardware to the limit i can't imagine how that stuff is going to look like coming off of previewing ratchet and clank one of the things that uh the devs mentioned during the preview right was the uh what the ps5 did for the transitioning from gameplay to cutscene and how uh mu how much more seamless that is you know they talked about ray tracing talked about how like yeah different textures uh you can make reflect in different ways and they talked about ratchet's fur and, and with all the, with all the technical elements they talked about like it got more and more eye-opening of wow technology is crazy like the things that the, the the improvements that technology can can uh, uh, can have on your creative ability to express what you're trying to express in a video game, I think is just so cool, and, and it gets more and more impressive. And so I can't wait to see uh, uh, what comes out of this. I can't wait to see people just like get their hands on it and fuck around in Unreal Engine and see even like the tech demos and and, and shit people put out over the next few years. Very yep. exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. Story number three, Tim. Roger Craig Smith is back voicing Sonic the Hedgehog. This comes from a tweet uh, this morning from Roger Craig Smith, who tweeted out, I can't fully express my gratitude uh, for the at Sonic Hedgehog crew and community. I hope to honor your support and passion as I'm officially back voicing hashtag Sonic the Hedgehog in games. Can't wait, can't wait for you to see what we have planned. Thank you from the bottom of my blue heart. There's a couple things to highlight here. One, how the fuck did this happen? What like the why the fuck hell? did this happen like why did they let him go if they're gonna rehire him i don't know it, what it's was the really, plan i i don't know like you got to imagine that they were trying to double down on ben schwartz maybe which mm. sounds crazy but like sounds crazy you know, and expensive if you're gonna do that for video games yeah exactly but i mean you would do it for one of the most popular video game characters of all time right fair yeah like probably top two up there 
with Mario, sorry Mario, Mario yeah. than Sonic after that. Mm -hmm. like, I don't and know. There's probably a real, real, real big drop off after that. Maybe yeah, after that. Pokemon, like, probably. Yeah, after that, it's probably Pikachu. Yeah, and then probably yeah. Pac-Man. You know what would be interesting, though? Debatably, Donkey Kong even would be yeah, on that Yeah, Donkey list. Kong would probably be in the top you know? five. The number six, I yeah. could see maybe. like If Nintendo week. made a theme park, they'd probably like do a Donkey Kong ride, right? Like a Minecraft yeah, ride? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, funny. Yeah. You guys are putting Barrett's feeling somewhere. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no. Roger Craig Smith back at Sonic. I think that's, that's awesome. I'm with you, Bless. This is extremely weird. Uh, I, I don't understand why they let him go in the first place and bringing him back like this. Um, and him announcing this... I, I don't know. The, the timing's weird. We know we're getting Sonic announcements in a couple days on the live stream. So hearing this here, I guess they're just trying to get ahead of it. If he's voicing one of the the, the Sonics in a yeah. game we're going to see, it's like, okay, this cool. I guess that makes sense. This and speaking of the that. release dates, the last thing I want to say, I forgot to say this during the Pokemon thing, is mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon Company does what it wants. It doesn't uh, listen to Nintendo all the time. But I am surprised they didn't save those for uh, Nintendo Direct. Just like having oh, those release yeah. dates, like like that's weird. And and you know, po people will be like, oh, like Pokemon always stays away from Nintendo's E3 and whatever. It's like that's not true. That is not true. They oftentimes do make announcements during the Nintendo Direct of E3. It's just not always. So interesting stuff. Anyway, back to this. Hell yeah, Roger Craig Smith is awesome. Super dope dude. Does a great job as Sonic. Uh, but yeah, just more interested in the story than anything. I mean, this t this timing feels so purposeful, right? If we're getting the <clears throat> if we're getting the Sonic event tomorrow, I don't, I'm not saying there has to be a new game, but like, come on, bro! You're telling me that I, uh, Roger Craig Smith in your tweet, you're saying I hope to honor your support and passion as I'm officially back voicing Sonic in games. Like, of course, there's going to be new Sonic games. You know, there's always going to be new Sonic games. It's not a surprise that he's back voicing Sonic in future games, obviously. But you're saying that right now. You're saying that right now, right before we're going to get get a stream tomorrow that is presenting Sonic stuff. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Sonic Adventure 3 is right around the corner. Tim, we're going to get it. We're going to get we'll it. We'll get it. Yeah. I mean, while we're here, right? Any final predictions for what we're going to get tomorrow? I know we've done this a couple times now, but Look, man, we're, getting, we're getting closer and closer. Bless, would you believe that I lost sleep last night thinking about a goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog live stream? Because I did. I would believe. I was, I was laying there and I was just thinking. I started getting so excited where like, Look, this is the type of thing where I feel like there's no way I leave this like overly disappointed. I could leave it overly hyped, but at the, the worst case scenario, they're making Sonic games that I'm not interested, just like they've done for decades at this point. That's whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Best case scenario, we're getting a Sonic Mania 2. Most hype case scenario, Sonic Adventure 3. Mm-hmm. Again, keeping it there, I'm talking about industry-wide, a Sonic Adventure 3 would be like, oh shit, this is crazy, but... I'm way more interested in playing a Sonic Mania 2 because that's just my gameplay type of tastes. Uh, but can you imagine, Bless? Like, uh, the, the most, like, holy shit, they're fucking nailing this, like, to celebrate Sonic's 30th birthday or whatever the hell. Um, Sonic Adventure 3, Sonic Mania 2, a Sonic 3D game collection. Thank you. That's all I was going to say. Sonic 3D game collection. Because here's the thing, right? The, we talked we talked about Sonic Colors earlier. I think we talked about it on, on, on Gamescast. That's up right now on Patreon or on, on YouTube.com. So it's kind of funny games on, and on podcast services. So, we, Sonic Colors was uh, leaked in, in uh, some ratings thing, right? And so we expect that to show up in some way, shape, or form. But 
Why would you just bring back Sonic Colors? I feel like that's a mad random one to bring back. Of course, really it's really damn a, good, though. It's a good Sonic game out of a lot of Sonic games, right? It's probably up there in terms of the recent oh, yeah. Sonic 3D releases. Yeah. But yeah, it's, good. Just, it's just great. so random. It's just a, such a random game to be like, cool, let's release just this one. It has to be a combination. It well, has here's to be the Sonic thing, Colors, West. Sonic Generations. Give me Sonic Unleashed. Now, 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 the thing there, though, is I would argue that Sonic Colors has aged better than any of the other games you named from a gameplay perspective and is more similar to what actual modern sonic is now than uh the other games you named including sonic hero sonic unleashed all that stuff in generations moments mm, generations feels like a sequels to, okay. to colors so th th those Fair. are in line uh, with what, what i'm talking about here uh but yeah like colors colors definitely i think deserves another another shot but like, yeah, I don't think that that's going to be the most exciting thing for people. That's not colors. Isn't the game that people have nostalgia for. Yeah. So we could just hard stop there. But it's one that did get about... stranded on the platform, which might also be a thing, right? Like so, colors didn't come to PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. But I, I that that argument doesn't work because it wasn't the Wii U. It was the Wii. Things mm -hmm. weren't stranded on the Wii. Things thrived sure. on the Wii. <laughs> sure. But like if somebody wanted to play Sonic colors right now, you would literally have to dig up a, a, a Wii. Uh, and not saying that there are many people that want to do that, but if they did repackage it and put it out there, I'm sure yeah. it would sell pretty well. Mm -hmm. Somebody in chat was like, no, no, no bless. I want a built for next gen Sonic game. And I'm going to tell you right now, one, that's hilarious. Hilarious. The idea of like a Sonic game that is like the tech, the technical showcase for the PS5. But then also, yeah, if we get a new Sonic game. It's not going to be next gen only. You're going to get it on previous gens. Also. Can, can you imagine <laughs> a, a Sonic 2006 2? Where it's just Sonic uh, 2000, 2022. <laughs> the fucked up thing is, yes, I can imagine that. I think that's a very good it. possibility. Bless. <laughs> that's I on the table. I think we might have already done this, but uh, it, it, we're going to do it again, Bless, because the Sonic hype is real right now. In the mm. post show, me and you are going to watch the first debut trailer for the Sonic 06 game because it is insane. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm totally down. But for now, let's move on to story number four. PlayStation is planning an expansion into mobile games and apps. This is Jordan Alleman and IGN. Before I even read it, read into it, right? Like we've talked about this before, where they put up uh, job postings trying to hire somebody to lead that effort into mobile games. And so this is more additional info on that. <clears throat> PlayStation is planning an expansion into mobile games and apps. The news was revealed thanks to a set of investor relations documents published on May 26th. Within the document, Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan talks about future expansions into the services, mobile, and social, social arenas, potentially using existing Sony first-party IP. Quote, We have been thinking about how players enjoy our content and have had some early success with experimenting with mobile games and apps to provide more choice to, to gamers, Ryan notes. More specifically, he points out that PlayStation's roster of first-party IP can, quote, transition to smartphone gaming and complement our AAA games or live service games, end quote. Tim, mm -hmm. coming off of that, I'm bringing in a question from BJ Bernardo, who writes in and says, hey, y'all, what intrigues you more, creating a unique experience with your IP for mobile gaming, like what I think Sony is doing, or bringing the actual console game on the phone, uh, like Xbox Game Pass currently does? Thanks, BJ, I want to stop BJ there uh, to editorialize a bit on my behalf and say, for this whole Sony business, like it's not guaranteed either way that they are that they're creating unique, tailored experiences for smartphones versus just bringing their games to smartphones, a la what Xbox is doing with Xbox uh, cloud streaming. I could see it going either way, but for you, Tim, I'm going to take that question and and, and I'm going to take BJ's question and ask you the question of like, what do you think the move should be 
should it be hey let's figure out a way to put last of us on phones let's figure out a way that people can play last of us part two or ghost Shima or whatever the game is on mobile devices or let's make a last of us mobile or a Killzone mobile or whatever the mobile game mobile version of the game is for playstation look man it, it's complicated where i do think the the answer is uh why not both type situation where it's case by case i think the best situation is what xbox is doing where it's not so much looking at it as making unique mobile experiences as much as it's allowing your traditional experience to be on a mobile phone phones have evolved and changed so much in the last 10 years that at this point they're just screens they're big old oled screens right and that allows you to have the flexibility especially with where technology's at now the seamless uh transferring of i'm watching something on my phone i just cast it to the tv no problems it just fucking works nine out of ten times that's a really good success rate for these type of things so i feel like what xbox is building with the the x cloud and with game pass and all this stuff oh my god it works so great just having that as an option on the phones it doesn't need to be something that you have to do but it's like if you want to the option's there a couple of days ago we saw uh, microsoft talk about how they're adding uh uniquely designed touch controls on the mobile side for a lot of their games that's awesome. To me, that is the best implementation of this is actually have a team dedicated to figuring out how to make a game work better on mobile uh, with, with mm -hmm. mobile controls or a, a traditional controller or whatever it is. On the PlayStation side of talking about this or the potential PlayStation side of IPs uh, being built up, unique experiences uh, for mobile gaming, I think there's a lot of value there too. Mobile games are fun. Mobile games are not uh, what they used to be, and they can be so much more. And, you know, we, we've we seen this shift towards vertical video that at this point, it's there. Vertical video is just as popular as horizontal video. So many things are being designed specifically for vertical video. That happened for games a long time ago as well in the mobile space. And there's a lot of cool experiences you can have with that. And when you take valuable IP, give talented developers a new way to make an experience, there's could be some magic there and i expect that there there will be at some point if playstation actually goes down this path yeah yeah i'm very curious to see how they go go about it because I, the way i see it is this uh i think i, I think playstation is going to see this as an opportunity to uh have additive experiences to the ip they already own and so when you look at something like the last list which is the example i'll keep going to because of the report we got uh about like a month and a half ago about um the possible last list remake and all this stuff right like if you are going to stick to improving that IP and adding uh, franchises to that IP and building up that IP, you know, like having a, okay, cool. Here's your mainline last was part one, part two, maybe a part three down the line, seven years from now, while you're waiting for part three, Hey, let's put out last West remake. Let's put out last West HBO series. And I could see another part of that chain being let's put out a last Us mobile experience. And it doesn't have to be a full game. It could be a last of us, factions like thing or a last of us survival uh mode type deal right and that sounds cheap that's not necessarily what i would want out of this strategy what i would want would be the xbox route which is yeah just give me a, a way to stream the game on my phone you know let me let me do the thing where i'm holding i can't find my dual sense but i'll just hold my xbox controller pretend this is a dual sense i'm holding my dual sense right and, and uh, i have my phone mounted up to it and i can just play last was like that i think that would be yo, such yo, a dope yo, thing yo, yo, blessing 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 whoa hold up is that is 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 that austin creed it is it is i'm sorry oh to shit everything you guys have going on i you shouldn't have left me in the discord or whoever's in charge of that but i just saw i just saw this poll about what's more popular sonic God. 
Are you kidding me that Zelda's winning? Are you kidding me? Thank you, Austin. Thank you. How These many absolute maniacs out there? I literally, I have the crest of Hyrule tattooed on my body, and I know the answer is Sonic. Come on. Thank you. Thank what you. Man. Thank you. Thank you. A voice of reason. I don't understand. People, most people that answered Zelda probably think that Link's name is Zelda because they have no clue. What, what is this? If you see Link, you go, oh, who is that? If somebody sees Sonic, anybody sees Sonic, they lose their minds because they know that it's Sonic. What are we talking about here? I'm not talking about games. I'm talking about, they, they just had a Sonic movie with Jim Carrey? Jim motherfucking Carrey, man. Carrey? What are you, James, James, are, what the, he, uh, God, people are so frustrating. It's Sonic you, Austin. How many floats has Link had in the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Zero, dude. And if they did, they'd be like, oh, well, here's the Zelda float coming. No, it's Link. You don't even know. Sonic wins overall. I'm sorry. I turned on my computer and came in here because I knew I was still in the Discord and I had to talk to y'all about this. I knew you were on. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm sorry. I love you. No, I love you so much. That was warranted and you were absolutely right. And thank you for being on the right side of history. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. I appreciate, appreciate all y'all. And everybody Al Roker that doesn't know that that's going to be fucking Link. He's going to think it's Zelda. Al Roker doesn't know shit during the parade. Exactly. But if Sonic comes through looking all blue and happy with those big old eyes, they'll go, oh, there's Sonic. And guess what else they say? They'll go, oh, there's Tails. Oh, what else they'll say? They'll say, there goes, there goes Knuckles. They'll get, there goes Big the Cat. People don't know anything <laughs> about <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you're losing me, Austin. You're losing me there. The <laughs> no, I'll backtrack on Big the Cat. I'll backtrack on Big the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else still stands. Love you guys. Love you, dude. Love you so much. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. And I and I love oh. that we have friends that are on the right side of history, unlike Gary Wood and Barry Courtney. It's Tim, mm -hmm. we're going to move on to story number five. But before we do, I want to tell folks about patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, you can go there. You can write in with your questions. You can also get the show ad-free. But guess what? If you're listening to this right now, that means you didn't do that. And so get ready to hear about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get in. I know that's true, and that's why I love my Purple Pillow. Purple makes mattresses, but they make pillows too, and the pillow is my favorite thing because it never gets too warm. You never need to flip it to the cold side of the pillow because both sides are the cold side of the pillow. It's fantastic, the technology. I don't understand it. Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips uh, and that's the thing joey she's been living this life on this mattress this beautiful purple mattress feeling so good because of this grid and i've been using the pillow and i love it so much uh, because of how it's designed the grid doesn't trap air air actually circulates and flows through it so you never overheat and i love that uh the grid bounces back as you move and shift unlike memory foam which remembers everything that's why memory foam has craters and divots here it's exactly what you want it to be. Uh, right now, you can try out Purple Mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use promo code games10. That's purple.com slash games10, promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash games10, promo code games10. Terms apply. I love purple, really. Story number five, speaking of PlayStation, PlayStation is developing AI agents that will play games with you. This is from Matt Perslow at Hold IGN. On. I need to stop you. I just want the audience to know that right now we're recording on Discord and all I keep hearing is the bloop, 
bloop, bloop, because our general chat is popping the fuck off with Jeff Grubb, Steve Saylor, Cameron Hawkins, and Austin Creed, Greg Miller, all of them giving takes on the fucking Sonic thing. Some right, some wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, who's, being, who's in there being wrong? Let's not, let's not, even, wrong? Let's not even get into it. <sighs> Man, story number five again. PlayStation developing AI agents for you to play with. Uh, I rule about it is becoming real. This is Matt Presto at IGN. Who do you think's wrong? Who do you think the old man maybe who's wrong about everything? <laughs> Get out of here, Jeff Grubb. Oh, not <sighs> Jeff. Oh, not Jeff. <laughs> not Jeff. <laughs> PlayStation is collaborating with Sony's artificial intelligence department in order to create AI agents that can play games alongside human players. Revealed within Sony's latest corporate strategy meetings documents, uh, the notes explain that Sony AI, which we established last year, has begun a collaboration with PlayStation that will make game experiences even richer and more enjoyable. By leveraging re reinforcement learning, we are developing game AI agents that can be a player's in-game opponent or collaboration partner, end quote. These game AI agents may be related to a recent patent from Sony entitled Automated artificial intelligence AI control mode for sp playing specific tasks during gaming applications. This system is described as an artificial artificial intelligence that is able to simulate human gameplay based on a playstyle learned from a human user. <laughs> AI characters within games, be, uh, be they collaborative partners in games like Call of Duty or the enemy AI opponents that we fight in a huge number of games, are nothing new. The interesting thing here is that these agents are designed to be like human players, so closer to a friend in co-op or an enemy in a PvP game. Sony's game AI agents could be the next step in a whole new world for bots and multiplayer games. Tim, it's finally happening. They're finally learning to be us. Are you scared? Uh, no, I'm not scared. Uh, this sounds interesting for what the implementation can be in video games. Um, but yeah, you know, this is continuing the conversation we were having earlier about the tech stuff. Like video games are just awe-inspiring and they're going to continue to be cooler and cooler. Going back down the history stuff, it's, I remember how amazing the AI was in, in Halo Combat Evolved of just having your teammates be with you and they felt like real people and all that. Me, Andy, and Greg replayed through Halo Combat Evolved last year and, it, you know, it wasn't that impressive. That's how this shit works. This is really cool. I love that there's still advancements to be made. And, you know, obviously, even 10 years ago, we weren't able to talk to our technology and have it do things. And now, again, we can, and it works eh, six out of 10 times. Pretty That's well, more right? impressive than I ever thought it would be. Like right? My echo back there listens to, like, 90% of the things I say pretty well. Unless I'm, like, yelling from it in the middle of the podcast, then we'll nine times out of 10 get what I'm asking wrong. But... For the most part, shit works. I, I think this is going to be uh, dope, especially for like bot matches in, in shooting games, stuff like that. I think that's going to be really fun um, if, you, if you really can imitate human, human behavior pretty well. But yeah, it's just a fun thing where I read this and I immediately think of iRobot. And I don't think that's actually going to... Well, I'm not going to say I don't think that's going to happen because who knows? Maybe it could happen. I'm sure the Elon Musk and the people who know, know, know all the zeros and ones of this shit have probably predicted that it will happen for sure. But mm. either way... This is pretty cool or scary. One of the two. Story number six. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Pre E3 keeps on rolling. Far Cry 6 is getting a gameplay reveal. Kevin, I have a video that I want us to watch together. Um, but this is pretty exciting. Of course, Far Cry 6 was revealed last year during a, during a Ubisoft Forward. It was announced for February, got delayed uh, without a concrete date. And so we're looking at uh, a couple days from now for the gameplay review. I believe May 28th at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific Daylight Time. Kevin has it up here. Uh, is it, I'm guessing it's playing without sound. Yeah, it is. So you got text playing on the screen. Uh, Sacrifice see, uh, in the name of progress. Here we go. Here we go. We got the sound. And we rebuild. 
This is my promise. While of course, this is a. Uh, I believe the villain of the game talking. The noise. Who is um uh, dude from Breaking Bad? We'll Gus from right Breaking, Bra Breaking Bad. Giancarlo. To defend Giancarlo. We will sacrifice in the name of progress. And we will rebuild. Paradise. Far Cry 6, a Ubisoft original. I'm loving the Ubisoft original stuff, man. I'm a sucker for some good marketing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sexy tag. It's a sexy tag for sure. I appreciate it. But if you're looking forward to more Far Cry 6, there you go. We're about to get that reveal. Tim, are you a Far Cry person? Does this mm -mm. invoke any hype in you? No, but I'm happy it's happening. Even with Giancarlo? That's that's cool. That's interesting. But I mean, it, in my experience, the, the big celebrities getting involved in video games hasn't ever fully paid off. And I'm trying to struggle really, to think not, of an not, example not I'm even, wrong about that. Not even in Beyond Two Souls featuring Elliot Page and uh, um, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> no, didn't do I it mean, for you? The, the only time it ever did it for me is when uh, uh, Jean Reno was in uh, Animusha 3. But, and if you don't Fair know enough. what I'm talking about, bless. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking the, about the, at the, all. The, <laughs> the professional from the movie. The this is going to be a fantastic post show, let me tell you what. <laughs> Let's get into our last news story, story number seven. Uh, yeah. Dreams Community Convention, Dreamscom, returns for 2021. This was tweeted this morning by PlayStation on Twitter. They tweeted out, attend Dreamscom 2021, a game convention made entirely in dreams. Walk the in-game show floor, watch developer interviews, and even submit your own booths to be featured at the expo. Uh, that's coming July 27th this year. I'm very excited about it. In the Slack, me, uh, Greg mainly was planning uh, some sort of stream involving it because that sounds like it would be a great time to just walk through dreams. Uh, I love dreams. This is cool. I love that they're doing this. I love that they find a bunch of different ways uh, to support the community because we just came off of doing the what was it called? The Dreamies? No, the MPs, the MP Awards. Um, and that was like a February event. I love that they build in these multiple events over the course of the year to celebrate and highlight really cool dreams that have come out and are coming out uh, in the game. So shout out to them. Totally. Tim, I'm excited for July 27th, the Dreamscom 2021 showcase. But July 27th is just so far away. If I wanted to coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Aluna, Sentinel of the Shards for Switch and PC, Wrecked High Octane Stunts for Xbox One, Made of Scare for PS5, Xbox Series X slash S, Ooh, man. Mutazion. Mutazion for Xbox One and Switch. Pekka Minosa for PC. Skittles for Switch. That sounds like a lawsuit. Castle Flipper for PC. <laughs> Chuyin Saga uh, for Steam. And then Out of Space Couch Edition from Behold Studios is out today on PS5 and Xbox One. Uh, and an Xbox Series today uh new date for you we got evolution climate that's hitting switch in steam on july 14th and then one more uh backbone launches june 8th on pc deals of the day we got both ps plus and xbox games with gold for june starting with ps plus uh we're getting operation tango virtual fighter 5 ultimate showdown and star wars squadrons that's a pretty decent month right there operation tango i believe is a new game that's coming out uh and it's a co-op experience and so if you're looking for that where one person can play an agent i believe the other person plays like a spy or something uh that might be up your alley and then with Xbox Games with Gold, we're getting The King's Bird, Shadows Awakening, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, and Injustice Gods Among Us for another 
pretty decent to fairly average month for Xbox games of gold. Tim, folks can go over to patreon.com slash games where they can write in with their questions, just like Lucid Dream. Lucid Dream writes in and asks, what's one feature from Horizon Zero Dawn you'd like to see in the sequel? What's a feature you'd like Gorilla to improve on? And lastly, what's a new feature you'd like to see? Thanks. You know, Tim. for me, I, I really, really enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn. I didn't enjoy the side quests as much, and playing through just the main quest felt very possible, but not necessarily uh, designed to be played that way. And I, I feel like a feature I'd personally like is more of a linear path story-based thing if you want that experience to be what, you're, what, what you get out of these type of games. Mm-hmm. what i'd like to see i'd like to see more variety in weapons that's where the game started opening up for me when i when i was playing through it you know I, at the first at first when it was uh just me with my basic bow and arrow and my fire arrows that wasn't doing much for me but when i started un- unlocking the different types of gun-like weapons and like the lob uh, lob weapons that's when i was like okay here we go this is the shit that i'm liking i want more variety in that i think that could be really cool um and then also i'd like to see uh i'd like to see i'm almost gonna say the opposite of what you just said to him where instead of going more linear i want to see them almost adopt the more like breath of the wild like hey instead of instead of a main objective instead of the linear main here's your next objective that you're going to go through here's four big objectives and just go through and clear those four and that'll open up the final thing i really like that structure for open world games uh and i'd like to see what that could look like for horizon zero dawn because uh i think that just like it gives more of a reasoning for the open world like for exploration for you know picking and choosing where you want to go in the world i think uh that adds a lot to that and so i'd like to see something like that um if not that directly something along the lines of that i think could be really cool mm-hmm. now it's time to squad up uh alden writes in with a squad up on xbox series x and says i'm a single dad of two in new york who doesn't have much time to play i need friends who can play late at night but won't be mad if i have to leave after a single match or two if that sounds up your alley you can add alden with the username alden 9386 that is a-l-d-e-n 9386 now it's time for one of those rotating segments. This time, it's another required reading. Uh, I want to shout out Fanbyte, who's been putting in the work this week. Uh, Stephen Strom over there wrote an article uh, titled Inside IGN's Battle for Editorial Independence. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been covering uh, the whole situation over there regarding them putting up links in support of Palestine, those links coming down, and the whole back and forth that the editorial team has been having with higher-ups. Uh, Fanbyte got the inside scoop where they talk about, uh, they recap the story, but then talk about some new updates updates regarding um, uh, what that conversation has looked like between the editorial staff uh, and the higher-ups over there. Uh, and it's a very fascinating story. Um, one excerpt from, uh, from the story goes like this. Now, morale is at an all-time low. Following a further all-hands meeting attended by, by Ziff Davis president Steve Horowitz, the executive described the issue as a purely IGN uh, editorial problem, which I- IGN editorial, and by extension, not as parent company, would cl- clean up by itself. Uh, they also talk about how uh, it seems like a lot of the, what very seemingly and obviously was decisions made by uh, J2 Global and Ziff Davis, they've basically passed that downward to the leadership team on the editorial side. And so they've kind of had to fall on the sword for a uh, sword a bit, which has turned it into an editorial problem. A lot of fascinating stuff and a lot of gross stuff also. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you want to learn, go check that out. 
read this article. It is uh, very interesting and does not paint a, a pretty picture at all. And man, I feel for the editorial team at IGN so yeah. much. And and I feel for so many of my friends over there that have to deal with this shit and it's not their fault and it, it, they don't deserve it at all. 100%. Now it's time for countingfunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash countingfunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. I can't tell if this is a serious one or not. And Tim, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it and let you be the judge. Uh, Average gamer hotline writes in and says, "Lads, I love you, but please, the A in Craig is very much pronounced Craig. Or no, I see what's going on here. They're saying Craig, like the British pronunciation, because they start off with lads. We're American. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I, we, what, what? I'm so lost. Craig. When we they're saying Craig. Craig? We said we, so Craig? Roger Craig Smith, we pronounce it Craig because we're American. Craig. The UK folks pronounce it Craig, like Craig. 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 Is he from the UK? As opposed to what? Craig. Craig. Craig versus Craig. Craig, Craig. Craig. Uh, I guess so. This person writing in is definitely from the UK because they called us lads. Well, is, is, he from, is he from the UK? Is Daniel Craig? Roger called? Craig Smith? Oh sure, yeah. No, I don't no. think I don't think he's from the UK. Well, then what the fuck? How, why does it matter how they pronounce it? Isn't it? I don't how, know, man. How he when I first it? read of average gamer here, I thought they were saying Craig, which is why I read it because I was like, "There's no, absolutely no way in hell it can be pronounced that way." Um, but yeah, we're American. You know, we're gonna pronounce, pronounce it the American way, unless he pronounces uh, it a different way. In which ways, which case, we'll pronounce it his way, right? Yeah, but until I mean, I corrected guess. by I the know, man. man. America it is. Uh, it looks like everything else here is pretty much uh, editorializing or stuff that we a- ended up actually covering. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, no, we got, we got it. We did a good job, Tim. Me and you killed it. Good work. I'm so proud of us, Bless. Hell yeah. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Tim. Once again, we're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Greg streaming Avengers. So look forward to Till that. Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.